Start and end your day with the good news. The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hello, friends. It is Angie Austin and friends. Well, let's just go around the table today and just we're going to share a story about little Ricky from uh, the, remember uh, Desi Arnaz, <laughs> little Ricky? Yes. Yeah. yes. You know yes. what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. I love Lucy. Lucy, yeah. I'm home. And how he found Jesus, but he didn't find Jesus until after he really went through the ringer. Hmm. And you know, some of these child stars, they just really have yeah. a, a rough go of it. We're hearing more and more about that in the news uh, lately about, you know, more details about how difficult it is to survive as a kid in Hollywood. Um, but I also want to talk, um, another topic is before we go around the table and introduce ourselves, uh, it came up yesterday because the bully that beat up my son uh, approached him after school and uh, put his hand out and apologized to my son with like, my son said tears in his eyes, like his eyes were really red and watery. And he said, I want to apologize for what I did to you. And, and my son shook his hand and said, I accept your apology. And I said, thought that was a big thing. And then after the show, we all talked about how apologizing seems to be like admitting you're wrong or people just don't want to apologize anymore. It's a sign they of think weakness. It's a, yeah, a sign of weakness. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about apologies. Uh, because I think it's the way to a happy marriage. I teach my kids. Oh, so just, yeah. Even if you're not wrong, some, you're wrong <laughs> yeah. in some way. Like, make an apology. Hey, man, hey. Wait a second, Dr. Joe. Way to a happy marriage, Dr. Joe. I do lots of apologies. All right, Beatrice, let's go around the table. We'll start with you. Mm. And uh, uh, why you love Jesus and who you are. Why I love Jesus? Because he first loved me. Even in my mess. That's my answer. He loved me. You know, go. even when I was out there doing what I shouldn't have been doing. He loved me. He saved me from myself. And so I love the Lord. And I don't, I don't care who knows it. It's who I am. And, and that's it. Love it. Mm. All right. Donna? I love Jesus because you see um, the... You see transformation, like things happen with Jesus. So when you, when he calls you and he says, daughter, come alongside me and walk right where you're at in this point in your life, um, where you're going to change, you're going to transform along the journey just because you're in my presence. And so when you walk with Jesus, you see results. Yes. That's what I love about oh, Jesus. I like that. Yeah. I like Amen. that. Mm. Author, speaker, Donna <laughs> Hetzler. Hey, and she's got a big uh, event. Her Overwhelm Conference is this weekend. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking there as well. And if people want to come on Saturday, they better hurry because I think today, today is, is the it. deadline. Yes. So how do they reach you? On Facebook, Overwhelm Conference, or go to JerichoGirls.org and get your tickets. You've got to hear Angie's testimony. Woo! Fabulous. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cindy. Why I love Jesus. And who you are. I am. You're my sister in Christ. I am definitely <laughs> your sister in Christ, Angie. And that's a good one. You know, um, Jesus is my rock. Mm -hmm. And he is the answer that he gives me answers that are not in this world. <laughs> and it's my, it's my peace. It's just my strength. Amen. So that's good. You know, that's where I stand. Cindy won't want me to say much about this, but all I want to say is uh, last year or the year before, you know, when my husband was doing a startup and I was supporting the family, now everything's great with the startup, but three years were pretty rough. Mm -hmm. Four, 
me too because right. I was working extra jobs so you know he wouldn't have to get an income as he started this whole deal and Cindy um, came up alongside me and offered me some help to keep the show going that was really a, t a turning point for me Amen. and she said that she felt God was directing her to help me and she didn't even know as much about the show until recently and another person who's really helped me with the show Cindy now you're a new fan of his uh, Dr. Joe Arve Dr. Joe okay. has been helping me with the show for years and me helping be him because he has such a passion for health which now do you see why i love him so oh much cindy because you went to his event mm -hmm. i came back and said the same thing we had the pleasure this weekend uh my husband and i of going to hear uh dr arve speak <laughs> and he is so right on mm -hmm. with health and the future and getting your line your life back on track and putting all the pieces together and really like a big uh, all of our hell, all of our lives and our health is solving a big puzzle, and how you ah. navigate in the, the world, putting all those pieces in. Was it exactly. was it what you expected it to be? For me, in some ways, yes. But you took it a little further and Thank broke you. it down, and you. gave me tools and yes. gave my husband tools to take into our everyday lives Amen. and put into effect. And then to connect the spine mm -hmm. and how that plays into, and that's still to come yep. when I meet with you next week. Amen. Oh, cool. But uh, yes, that's definitely good. some tools to take and live with. Love that, I'm Dr. Excited. Joe. A new fan, another Amen. Dr. Joe fan. Hmm. All right. Oh, you just won Dr. Joe uh, the uh, pop popularity contest yes, again. Yes, you were with me. I was, I was like, it's too bad Angie's not here today, but you were with That's how we met the first time. Yes. We, uh, he won the award as like the most popular business in his area, and again you did. We won it again. Oh, I'm not surprised after yeah. I was there this again. weekend. Yeah. So it was good. It was fun. Why do I love Jesus? Uh, all those answers. You two guys took all my answers. Oh, you guys. <laughs> we got them. From, you know, uh, here's the thing. There's so many things that are begging and persuading and crying and yelling out to us to put our faith in mm -hmm. in our anchor i mean you know in the 60s they were telling you go ahead and smoke cigarettes while you're pregnant right mm -hmm. <laughs> back in the back in the 1920s they were using leeches to make you healthy and bleeding you out mm -hmm. so i can you know like i talked about this weekend listen the business of healthcare in america has been around about 100 years the business of god healing people has been around thousands of mm -hmm. years and so yes he's my rock he is he uh, he first loved me there's a respect there's an honor there's just there's just an obedience that 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 doesn't compare to anything else in this world and the obedience says he's like hello trust me hmm. i made this body of yours i made that son i made everything you see i made so stop f trying to Ask the creation what it wants and ask the creator and I will never fail you each time. Every time the Bible and I start going, you know, he's like, doesn't it say I'll never make you be ashamed? I'll Amen. never, your nets will never break. That's the newest Amen. one. Mm -hmm. He tells me to go for it because your nets will never break. Don't be afraid of whatever the monster is. Don't be afraid of the success. That's all right. Your nets will never break. And that's mm -hmm. why, that's just one reason why I love them. Yeah. You know what's neat, though, is when I did the whole journey of just cutting everything out, and it was six weeks of, like, a, a fast and a cleanse and all this stuff, and I've always said you, you've inspired me. I am totally different. I feel great. 
um, there's a real emotional component to food. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not one of those all or nothing persons. And I'm like, I'm not addicted. I'm not addicted to food. I'll be fine. I like my carbs, but I'll be fine. And week one, I was like, give me the pasta. Where's the mashed potatoes? You know, and I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I'm freaking out. And, you know, I hear so many of my girlfriends like, I'm going to try that, but I'm going to do it after the first of the year because that's a good time to do it. But it's a good point that Jesus will walk us through it. He will take that emotional component. And if you are on the fence, about doing this after that like week and a half break something changed in me and it's totally different i have never felt so good so jesus will walk you through this Mm -hmm. as you are obedient our bodies are supposed to be temples and I did not, I was, I was totally ignorant. No. I did not know Another what I was Another one of our guests into. stopped sugar after meeting Dr. Joe. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Yes. Yeah. Sugar. No, I mean, it's amazing that people just meet you and like start changing their see, diet. You're they, inspiring they them. They get in the wheelbarrow, don't they? See, it's, <laughs> yes. that's our little thing. Oh. She, because she came to the workshop. Yes, Cindy. You came. I've she been to many of your she workshops. Didn't, you, she didn't come. She didn't go to Cabo <laughs> or she didn't go to Houston. She dragged she her husband to the Oregon. the Oregon coast like exactly. me. Yeah, we've all been out. Uh-huh. So you know husband, what, Dr. Joe? You get in the I forgive you. you <laughs> <laughs> I forgive you. I haven't forgiven him yet. It we takes have, we time. Have our, we have our own little inside lingo now. We, you yes. got to get in the wheelbarrow. Okay, I told my David about this, and he wants to come. Mm-hmm. But he goes, I'm just telling you I'm not going to wear a man bun. I'm just saying. Oh, Dr. Joe. <laughs> oh, bummer. Oh. All right. All right, Jennifer Bishop. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, yes. Everything that like Dr. Joe said. <laughs> yes. Um, why I love Jesus. Gosh. He he is my everything. I, you know, I had a, a wonderful earthly father. You and did. I can't even imagine. You were the favorite. Well, Let's be honest. you know, even the boys know you were the favorite at 32. I found out I was adopted and didn't know my whole life. And, you know, it's like we can so easily get in our own heads about what we think life should be or what it should look like. And, uh, you know, I think in times in the greatest times of change in our life, because if you live long enough, stuff is going to happen. And it's about, uh, you know, when my husband was diagnosed with ALS, thought our whole world was going to end or going through infertility, you think your world is going to end and it doesn't. And these are just, you know, Angie, your, your testimony that you're going to be telling this Saturday, I'm sure there was times that you're like, I can't believe I'm going through this. Hmm. I always felt I was more capable of raising myself than anyone around me well, from, from like, yeah. the, like like 10 on. I'm like, hello, I could do a better job than you people. <laughs> but um, but, uh, but yeah. anyway, and I am actually doing so a better job. So that's when I started because I think she yeah. still can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's when I started about 10. Yeah. Um, I felt that way too. I just wasn't brave enough to leave my house. So Yeah, I left as much as I, I, I could. I did too. Uh-huh. I felt, uh, yeah, like I got my stuff going on. Well, I think a lot of teenagers <laughs> feel that way, but I like legit felt that way. Yes, like, I did you know, too I probably could have done a better job. You know, had to. I, mean, I just think, you know, our parents do the best they can with the yes. tools they have. But when yes. that comes into um, con- contact with drugs or alcohol and, you mm. know, other, you know, things, it, it really can be um, a tornado of pain for all of those around them. Let's put mm-hmm. it that way. Um, all right. So let's uh, talk about this uh, apology. Um, mm-hmm. I want to get to the li- little Ricky story, but we'll see how we do. We might have to save that for another segment another day. Apologizing. Um, the bully that beat up my son at school. 
and kicked him where the sun doesn't shine, and he still has the bruise like weeks later on the upper thigh. Um, he was so funny because we were like on a family reunion, and he'd like hide every part of his body but the bruise, and it's like right on his <laughs> upper thigh, you know. And I'm like, you really need to keep showing us the bruise. We get it. There's a bruise still there. But I thought, oh, this poor kid. I mean, who gets a bruise there for right. that long? He mm. really did get kicked hard there, mm. and so he kept, you know, <clears throat> displaying the bruise throughout our vacation. And when he got home, that bully came up to my son after school with tears in his eyes, put his hand out and said, I want to apologize for what I did to you. And my son shook his hand and said, I accept your apology. And then you said, Beatrice, that apologizing becomes like a sign of weakness. That's the way people see it these days. And I do have certain relatives that would go decades without apologies. I mean, I've got a few that still have refused to apologize. Even when I've said, like, look, I apologize for my part. Is there ever going to be an apology on your part? And they... We just want to live in that I'm right. I don't understand what kind of power or good feeling or sense of security or control it gives you to for you to be in your I'm right chair. But that I'm right chair, I think, is very lonely. And that I'm right chair is the chair you end up in after divorce and after um, you've been uh, separated from family members due to disputes at Thanksgiving dinners and, you know, um, you know, for good friends and siblings that you've been separated from from years. And while you sit in that I'm right chair so you can sit there all alone and be right, I think it would be very lonely. Well, you know, a lot of people are like, well, if I admit that I was wrong, then they're going to take advantage of me. Really? Okay. You yes. That's what it is? Yes. Yes. I just think people like to be right. That gives them some well, sense of uh, that, satisfaction. Yeah, th that too. Okay. Because, well, I knew I was right about it all along and you just, you just went around it. But when you think about it, a person that, that cannot ask for forgiveness or cannot apologize, because when a person comes to you and says, I apologize, they're just saying the word. But when a person comes and says, you know, I'm really sorry about that, that's when the apologizing takes effect. And they are really owning up to whatever it was that they had done or not done. But don't you think we're becoming a society of not accepting apologies? Like a lot of times... Oh, for instance, someone will say something in yeah. the media and they're a well-known person, whether it's a president or the owner of a football team, and they make a statement that others just grab and they read into it and they're offended by it. And then they're like, wow, I didn't know you'd take my statement that way. That's not no way, the way I intended my statement, but I apologize for the way it came out. I'm, I, I apologize for the way it was interpreted, interpreted, and I didn't mean for it to be like that. So I am sorry. It's too late. You should have apologized earlier. Um, that You're doing the politically correct thing, apologizing. You're only doing it because people are angry. We've become a society that won't accept yeah. an apology. That's right. Correct. Yeah. Two. I think that's true. Um, I think in our society, we all want to be heard on both sides, mm -hmm. whether you're right or wrong, and everybody wants to be heard. So what an apology does is it kind of says to the other person, I heard you. I heard you. Mm -hmm. That's good. And the positive thing about that can be, to get, if we can get to that space, or when, when we do get to that space, is that it opens communications to move mm -hmm. forward. Mm -hmm. That's true. So... Well, and again, we talk about, I'm sorry. That's Dr. Joe. Can I, may I speak now? Yes. Okay. Yes, in a room full of women. You better jump in. You know, again, getting still with the theme of why we love Jesus, there's lots of times, again, I can speak for myself. I, I have a conscience. You talk about marriage and saying sorry and, yeah. and you know, <clears throat> my wife and I have a discussion. And I'll be like, yeah. And I turn around and God's like, Go say you're sorry. <laughs> I'm like, no. He's like, excuse me. I'm like, all right, yes, sir. So I will go and I apologize. And he says, now, since you obeyed me, I will defend you. Hmm. 
And I know people, whether it's beliefs, whether it's it, the minute they admit that they're wrong, mm -hmm. that's like the string that unravels their entire life. Mm -hmm. okay. I, have, I have doctors, friends, who will not look at anything I do because the minute they look at that, then that sense of doubt comes in and how they have built their worldview yep. and how they've built yep. their identity and people in general. The minute I admit that you're right and I'm wrong, now it's going to make me question. And I've spent years building this identity in my brain and my body that I can do whatever I want and I'll be fine. Well, but again, I mean, someone try to get a loved one to quit smoking. Mm, mm. I mean, is science going to, you know, mm. it's like, and I told a patient yesterday, I said, you can quit smoking now. You no longer have a reason to smoke. I have a question, no. Dr. So, Joe. So it's just about that is the people just, uh, yeah. I have a question. When did, okay, now if we just step back for a second and just like start with fresh eyes looking at the medical world, when did it become like the norm to make something in a laboratory and take it to fix all of our health problems when God made our spine and all of those nerves connect to our body to help us function properly and to be a healthy human being? And when did it become, to me, if you step back, it seems wackier to go, wow, they made these pills in a laboratory and I have seven of them. I'm going to take them today because I got all these health problems and I got high blood pressure. I got diabetes and I'm going to swallow these pills and that's normal. It's going same. to the chiropractor. That's not normal. That's weird. That's wacky. It's the same problem. Same problem. First of all, we started buying it. Mm -hmm. Therefore, mm -hmm. they yep. created a business. Second of all, you mean I don't have to give up my sugar? All I, I can do take is, a pill. I can just yeah. take, so I don't have to have any responsibility. I can get a credit card. I don't have to go to college. I can get food stamps. I can take just medication, and it's free. That other people pay for it. Yeah, it's well, free that other I, people pay for. Yeah, <laughs> Medicare, Medicaid. I don't, have to, I don't take any responsibility for my life. That's right. Welcome mm -hmm. to America. That's I right. get a free phone. Go, right. go anywhere else in the world with that mindset, and let's right. see how far it gets you. You're right about that. Mm -hmm. Go over to Germany with that. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. well, <laughs> even in Mexico. So, we were just in Mexico this last weekend. You think you can just walk through there? No, there guys with right. guns, guns yes. everywhere. I'm right. like, right, and they're on their border. Right, and we're like, we let everyone in. Why? Why? Should, yeah, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't understand. That's another thing. I was just talking about that with someone this morning. Why people are offended that we want to uh, enforce our immigration laws and build a wall? Other countries do it all the time. Why are people so offended by us or the fact that we would want to do it? It's just crazy to me. Mm -hmm. All right, Dr. Joe, you have something coming up December 9th, and we're going to talk about it mm -hmm. at the end of the show. Cindy just attended one of your uh, seminars, and I've been to numerous uh, ones. Obviously, Donna has been inspired by you and another one of our regular guests, Leslie, who's thin as can be quit eating sugar and magically lost weight just by that. But she said she did it to have more energy. Mm -hmm. And so you're obviously mm -hmm. inspiring the people that meet you and see you and see how your lifestyle's impacting you. Uh, so uh, December 9th, just give us a little snippet because we'll hear more at the end of the show. It's called Sugar Brain. So if you ever want to deal with how to prevent Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, better test scores, get rid of brain fog, depression, sleep issues, uh, and really get your life ready to launch a new 2018. We're going to talk about how trauma, toxins, and negative thought really affect the brain. And that literally 
Alzheimer's really is like a type three diabetes and what you can do to make sure you don't get it wow. and how you can really, you know, if you're starting to lose it, we have patients who get their brain back, they get their memory back and how you can really reverse that process before it's too late. Ooh, that sounds good. All right. How do they find you? They can uh, call the hotline at 303-349-6011. Come on, Angie. Come on, Angie. 303-349-6011. I have it or, memorized. Or they can go to Facebook. It's not going away. It's uh, Spine Geek page. And uh, they can watch the the video of the workshop we just did. That they just did. Cindy and I did stay together. So, yeah. Sweet. All right. And nice. Saturday, I'm speaking at Donna's conference. Overwhelmed. Yes. Go to that. Yes. Uh, this Saturday, today's the last day to buy tickets. Donna, where do they go? Facebook, Overwhelm Conference, or JerichoGirls.com. We want to see you there. Excellent. Thank you. We'll be right back with the good news. And Dr. Joe will be at the end of the show with more specifics on getting off sugar. Good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie. My favorite vacation spot in the world has a deal for you. It's YMCA of the Rockies. It's their 110th anniversary at the YMCA of the Rockies, and they're offering lodge rooms for $84 per night. My whole family stays in one lodge room. That deal is through the end of December and includes two free breakfasts every morning. And here's some of the things that are included. Some of these cost a little bit more, but most of them are free, like the roller skating, swimming. There's a Nordic Center. It's a little extra for rock climbing. You can learn how to do archery, horseback riding at Snow Mountain Ranch. The s'mores and the campfires are so much fun. Oh, sometimes there's singing and sometimes there's movies and we see this guy called the Mountain Man. My family loves this spot. We go at least twice a year and we will be enjoying this offer ourselves as well. Again, it's the 110th anniversary. YMCA winter deals, 84 bucks for a lodge room. A family of five can sleep in one of these lodge rooms and again, two free breakfasts per day. Check it out, YMCA. MCAOfTheRockies.org. All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC, and when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassadors. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303-238-JANE. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, a small, big, medium. Yes, they'll bring the truck right on over. What's yes, the number? 303-238-JANE. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-JANE. Yes, 303-238-JANE. ARCthrift.org. Does oh. ARC make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. You are special. ARCthrift.org. As are you, babe. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for ARC? I love ARC. Welcome back to the Good News. Angie Austin here with my Good News gals. Jennifer's still here. Cindy, Donna, Beatrice, the drill sergeant of life. I thought you all would get a kick out of this interview. Now, on Daybreak USA, I do a lot more news on that program that airs on our sister station and around the country. Uh, and I interviewed an author of the book, uh, uh, 21 Secrets of Million Dollar Sellers, America's Top Earners Reveal the Keys to Sales Success. And I thought, you know, we are all selling ourselves every day. We're all salespeople, whether or not we're a teacher trying to get the kids to buy into our, you know, right. math class or whether we're, you know,
know, I sell this show. I try to get people to support the good news, uh, to get your kids to buy into your 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 dinner menu. My mm-hmm. my, my kids are always like, I know, I know. Um, it, yeah, what, it's not a restaurant. The menu is take it or leave it. You know, <laughs> I know. But we're always trying to sell something, aren't we? Oh, yeah. And so I really thought that we'd enjoy on the good news speaking with the author Stephen Harvel, and he is joining us uh, right now. Hi, Stephen. Hi, thanks for having me back. You are welcome. So the ladies and I are going to be asking you questions together. But first, uh, talk about what is uh, America's top earners reveal, the keys to sales success in 21 Secrets of Million Dollar Sellers. What are we going to learn from you? Well, you're going to learn patterns. Um, What we were searching for were the patterns of these great producers that it didn't matter what they sold, what were they all doing that was the same? And if you can find patterns like that, you have the ability to kind of control a system. And so if sales is the system, it's important to know the patterns. And that's kind of what we did with the book. Okay, so what are some of these 21 secrets or patterns? Well, um, I'll give you a couple that uh, have turned out to be uh, the ones that we do a lot of work around since the book came out. And the first one is the idea of simple. Um, and it's, the, it's a foundational element in the book. Uh, connections are made around ideas that people can connect with. And people struggle to connect with complexity. doesn't matter what it is. The more complex something is, the less you have, the harder you have to work to create a connection, and the less the person who's looking for the connection wants to connect. <laughs> so these great producers, no matter what they were selling, they were discovering methodologies of making the connection more simple. And n- not easier, that's a different word. Easy means a lack of effort. Simplicity means a a lack of complexity. And so they were looking to remove elements of complexity from whatever they did. Okay, so don't make it um, easy. Make the connection simple. So can you give us a simple example? Sure. Um, Let's say that you're uh, selling um, a complex product like an insurance product. Um, And the associated back end of the sale has a ton of stuff that the insurance company sends you. Most of it is not related directly to the product that you purchased. A good producer will filter that for you. And so sometimes simplicity is about building a barrier that stops all the noise from getting to their client. Um, Sometimes it's about language. Um, If you're selling uh, a Jaguar uh, to somebody and they give you all of this language that's designed to make the first person feel good around ergonomic design, you might throw all that out and say, listen, this car was built for you, Hmm. and personalize it from that end by removing something. So it can be about putting a barrier in. It can be about removing something. Whatever it's about, it's going to make for a greater connection between the seller and the buyer. Does that make sense, ladies? Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. It really does. And yeah, and it's hard to do too. It's perhaps it's the hardest hard of all do. the things to do because in order to make something simple, you normally have to remove stuff, and we hate to do that. We're we like more. Um, we're into more. We think that more is always better, and it's not. Um, and so it takes a tremendous amount of discipline um, to get into commit to simplicity by saying, you know, I'm going to remove some stuff. Well, the hmm. greatest campaigns are, you know, just do it or, you know, look at Apple. 30, 32 years. Yeah. Longest yes. running ad campaign. Nike. Um, Nike. Major just do it. Product history, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes Simon, sense. Simon Sinek does a great YouTube of, you know, start with a why. Yeah. 
And that just speaks to that very simplistic. I love that. Love it. So yeah, a lot well, of us are involved in sales in one way or the other. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Apple's another. big campaign was rethink. Rethink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think very, differently. Yeah. Oh, I love so they, that. So, you know, they had it at two words. Three words is great. Mm-hmm. All right. So what else did you learn? So uh, in your patterns, the 21 secrets and uh, that you learned from, again, these are the top sellers in, in the world. Well, we learned uh, a couple things. One of them we learned is that great sales professionals are unbelievable listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a strange, almost uh, counterintuitive skill set because sales professionals are normally taught to fill silence with pitch, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with more stuff about the product, with more elements about um, the benefits. Um, but great producers over their career have learned um, to listen, and we use the acronym WAIT, why am I talking, um, hmm. a- as the acronym for that. And so by learning to listen, um, they end up <laughs> discovering that. things. I just got it. Like, that's how I get up at 3 a.m. Sorry, wait, oh. why? And I'm like, why am I talking? Whoa, that's good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's not original. It's been around a long time. Um, <laughs> that's the first time I heard it. I got a kick out of it. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, and it's a hard thing to do because people are thinking, man, if there's a little bit of silence, I've got to stick more stuff it's in there. It's so true. The we get nervous. We get nervous. Over their, yeah. They learn to listen. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's another really big one. One of the obvious ones, which we kind of put in a category that when we're presenting these ideas, we call the duh factor. Um, and, and that is that um, they discover early on that people in relationship sales only do business with people they like. Yes. <laughs> um, true? Yeah. And, and you would think that that would be an axiom throughout every element of sales from screwdrivers at Home Depot to robotic surgery equipment. And people intuitively know it, mm-hmm. but they don't use it as a strategy. Hmm. These people all use it as a strategy. You could sit them down and ask them, Tell me what your clients like about you, and they will know exactly what it is. Those elements will be part of their sales strategy. They'll build entire platforms around them. They, they, you know, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, we've had luggage for 3,500 years, but, you know, we didn't put wheels on it until 1970. Hmm. And it was like, it's yeah. always been heavy. Duh. You know, what? Why, why weren't the wheels on it sooner? I love this. Again, you called it the duh factor. If you're just joining us, Stephen uh, is talking about his book, 21 Secrets of Million Dollar Sellers, America's Top Earners. So these are the big buck salespeople reveal the key, keys to sales success. And the duh factor is why my husband has been so successful. He, you know, he has a startup, and he <clears throat> basically got it started with his sales ability. And uh, the fact that he's so likable is really the reason I think that the business has been successful because people like him. And the duff factor is people want to work and buy things from people they trust and they like. And But I, I, I just, I'm dumbfounded that common sense isn't so common anymore and people don't get that. Jennifer, who does sell as part of her business, um, said she's got to say something. Yes, I have a question. So, Stephen, great name. I'm married to Stephen. You know, can anybody be a better <laughs> Thank you, guys. Didn't have anything to do with it, but thanks. <laughs> you never know, right? That's a connection. Um, question, how did you get to these people when you were writing your book? Like, yeah, it was really hard to do. Um, mm-hmm. well, I own a consultant company that deals with strategy. So we already have a very large um, and wonderful client base. So I went to um, a series of the clients that, that I knew, 
Um, and, and I figured that they would give me access if I asked them and I told them at the end of the whole thing, I would give them all the data for free if they would just give me the access to the producers. But surprisingly, they almost all said no. Mm -hmm. Um, they believed that their processes were secrets. (laughs) Like, yeah, you know, the first coin was minted in 32 BC and from that moment, um, people have been selling. There, There are no secrets. There, there, there are just ways of doing things. And so it took me a tremendous amount of time from the seven different industries and the multitude of companies we spoke with to get them to say, um, to allow me access to their million-dollar producers. Uh, It was shockingly difficult to do. Yeah, and did they, you know, I haven't read the book yet. I'm a true shelf-help person. I have I can't even tell you how many books I have, and I'm always reading. I just that's something I love to do. A good habit. Yeah, I love it. And so, do you tell people who these million dollar sellers are? Or what no, companies? in fact, um, uh, there are it. a couple in the book um, who's who I, I had permission to talk about, um, mm-hmm. but most of them know you, you, you didn't have permission to use their names, though you used mm-hmm. um, some, will have used some of the companies. Mm-hmm. Um, it was different from every company. It was unbelievably, for a guy who preaches simplicity, complex to write the data with all of the restrictions that were on it. Um, oh, wow. um, and so we ended up using story as the primary tool mm-hmm. in the book, and, yes. and you'll see that. Um, is the primary way we transfer information in it, but it was really hard to do. It wasn't the idea, um, which came from two projects that we did, in which I thought the companies were doing the absolute wrong thing, um, is where the, the idea came from. And to be really honest about it, I never envisioned it as a book. Um, it was our sales strategy that companies engaged with us to get access to the the information, and it wasn't until. Some people started approaching me that I even thought of it um, as a book. No, tell them about the wall. Will you tell them about the wall? Yeah, the wall. That's in embracing the dark side. Um, everybody that's in sales knows that uh, you spend almost all your time in no. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there's thousands of no's to a single yes, and, and these people all know that, right? So no's don't bother them. One of the guys in the book, when I went in to interview him in his office, had a wall set up of cork board where he had the, the whole wall was lined with this cork board, and on it, it was filled with these different colored um, three-by-five cards, index cards. And I looked over at it. When I mean filled, it took up three-quarters of the wall space. And I went, what is that? And he goes, oh, that's the wall. And I said, well, I'm going to need a little more than the wall. What is that? He goes, come here. And we went around and leaned against his desk, and he goes, this is every negative response I've ever received. This is every objection I've received. I put them on cards and put them on the wall. And every time I go out to make um, a sales presentation, I look at the wall. And it reminds me of all the things that have come up as objections and how I can reposition elements about how people have said no. And I go, gosh, and just as I said that, a, a guy opens the office door and sticks his head in and asks the salesperson if he can spend a few minutes looking at the wall. <laughs> and I, he, he goes, no, I'm in the middle of a meeting, but as soon as I'm done, you're welcome to come in. And oh. I, I go, people come in, and he goes, everybody comes in all the time. It's impossible to get anything I'm, done in here. I think I'm going to start the wall for my kids, just like what it's might stand. It's a great idea. In, we yeah. actually, 
uh, in our company, and I'm, I'm, I live in Austin, but my company's based out of Dallas, Texas, and they have um, walls for different projects, and they're all color-coded. So you could walk in and see any given project, all the elements of the projects, and then if you see a little drawing of a bomb, um, that means it's a problem within the project. So we can, I can go up and eyeball everything that's going on, and when I look for the bombs, I'm looking say, oh, this is what we perceive as a problem within the project. Visualization is one of the most powerful tools you can use in anything. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right, ladies, you have questions. Donna, you work in real estate. Oh, absolutely. What do you, what do we you... had real estate as one of our categories. Oh, great, and listening is so important. Um, I, I've built my business. It's all referral-based business, and it's based around Donna Cares. I care, and I want to make it as stress-free as possible because real estate is most likely the largest investment that somebody's ever going to make. And so, Steve, all the things that you say is so important. Listen and quit talking so much. Um, but what I like to um, share, and I, I share all my failures. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get these successful people who want to keep secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to bring others along. There is plenty of business. I don't have any competition. The only th- the competition that I have is with myself. And if right. I did a good job at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so... I like to think about um, it as a platform versus a tribe. Are you out there talking, 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 look at me, I've got these house sales, or are you really building a tribe that follows you? So do you write about any of that stuff in the book? Yeah, there's a number of of instances along that line, and real estate is particularly um, driven by that concept, right, That, that idea of doing such a good job, the purchase being large, but the purchase is also intensely personal. Yes. And so um, you bridge not only a large investment, but you bridge the emotion around making it personal. One of the um, women in the real estate um, part um, hosts a once a quarter a major party for every one of her clients and prospects and their friends. And they're always themed. In fact, one was last weekend that my wife and I went to, which was her big pumpkin party, which is this gigantic Halloween bash at her house. There must have been 200 people there, (laughs) all based around some type of a relationship with the realtor and her way of doing business. She hosts four of those a year. That's a lot. That is. Yeah. And I can't begin to figure out how much that must have cost because wow. they had a fajita truck and a, she, she's a two hundred million dollar producer probably, um, yes. and they had you know alcohol and a margarita machine and all of this stuff. And then she also hand delivers stuff to. And I, I don't know if she does this only to her key clients or she rotates her clients. But every Fourth of July, you'll open your door and there's a little card with sparklers on your front porch. Hmm. Um, or there's a pumpkin at Halloween, or there's a pie at Thanksgiving, or there's something wow. along the lines of touches that builds her tribe. Touches, um, not just and, a... and I think that's brilliant that you do that that's because awesome. I think that's mm-hmm. obviously one of the really big keys to your success. Not just thanks for your money, see ya. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I work by referral only. <laughs> so you give know, me your people. Um, <laughs> all right. So you said, in, uh, we don't have much time left, but I have to ask you, Embrace the dark side. What's that? That's, the, that's this idea of spending time in no. Um, okay. That, that okay. no is simply a part of the deal, right? Right. That, you know, if there are ten no's to your yes and you get your fifth no, it shouldn't even bother you. Yes. You've got four more, five more coming. Okay. Um, and so it's this idea that um, you don't allow your ego to be destroyed, 
your day to be destroyed when negative things happen within the context of a sales process. That makes sense. That's and the then I have to know. Sale. I have to know. I, I already ordered the book, by the way, so I don't have it yet. Mm. Uh, the ten times rule. What's that? Mm-hmm. That that's that's the adjunct rule to embrace the dark side. That's the ten times no rule, where you quantify. You actually sit down and have a quantification methodology for the negative responses you get. And one of the um, people that, 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 that uh, was in pharmaceuticals had this, she called it the 10 times rule. Um, one of the great things about the, the, the participants in the study was we only had one criteria, right? You had to be a million-dollar producer. It didn't matter if you were male or female or African-American or Hispanic. And if you used that one filter, you ended up getting a, an unbelievably wide demographic of people in the, in the book anyway. And so uh, th- the, this woman who was a pharmaceutical salesperson um, knew that between her first call and, and a large successful sales call, she was going to get turned down 10 times. And so when she got to six, instead of, you know, going home and raiding the liquor cabinet, she knew that there were four more in there and hmm. didn't even bother her. Yeah. All um, right, te- and so she said, those are people that set up metrics around what it means to be successful. And they're not metrics their company provides. They're not the metrics of um, sales percentage increase, of your budget, they're personal metrics. All right, Stephen, um, we got to get your website. We, we, of course, enjoyed the interview immensely. Give us your website. Uh, it's creativeventures.com, um, and you can get all of our newsletters, ideas. It's all free on the website. Excellent. Appreciate you. Love the interview. Um, oh, I already... Thanks for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Thanks, Stephen. If you, want those, you later. Thank you. if you want those 21 secrets yourself, then head to his website. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two, and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things, and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. For over 120 years, the Denver Rescue Mission has been providing services to those in need and the homeless in the metro area. It is the oldest full-service Christian charity in the Rocky Mountain region. Since its conception in 1892, it has expanded to helping the homeless and hungry to provide services for men and single mothers, offering programs such as rehabilitation for those suffering from addiction and abuse, education and career centers, family services, and life restoration. The Denver Rescue Mission is always in need of your assistance. You can help this growing organization by donating clothing, food, furniture, and more at any of the drop-off locations. For more information on their services, ways you can help, and to donate online, go to denverrescuemission.org. denverrescuemission.org. Changing lives in the name of Christ. Welcome back to the good news. Well, the good news is we are welcoming U.S. Army veteran Denise Rowan, And she made history in August when she became the first woman to be elected to the top position of the nation's largest veterans organization during the American Legion's 99th convention. And her theme for her first year is Family First, 
Welcome, Commander Rowan. Oh, thank you, Angie. It's great to be with you today. So uh, talk about this exciting news. This is really a neat honor. It, it is. It is quite an honor. We have two, over 2 million members, and to be chosen as the one to represent the, um, the organization at the national level is it's absolutely amazing. And it really, male or female, it's quite, it's, it is an honor, and it's very humbling. Now, the American Legion was founded back in 1919, and we were founded uh, by World War I veterans who at the time understood that a veteran was a veteran, and it didn't matter what their race or their gender or, or their religion was, that if you served honorably in the military, you're eligible to be part of the organization. So women could vote for national commander of this great organization before they could vote for president of the United States, which I think is amazing. I do, too. And, you know, I mentioned at the beginning that your agenda is family first. So talk about that family first agenda. What's this all about? Well, the family first agenda comes from the fact that um, we are veterans. And when you when you go off to basic training, you find yourself that you have a new family and you, you're taking care of each other and, and you have new brothers and sisters. And when you continue from one post to another or one base to base, um, you get new families every place you go. And, and sometimes when you get out of the military, you end up in a community that you may not have grown up in. And you may not like feel like you're part of the community. And that's when we found the American Legion and the American Legion family, which is the Legion, our American Legion Auxiliary, our Sons of the American Legion, and our American Legion Riders. And then when you start looking at all of the fantastic work that the American Legion does across this nation, what you start realizing is the American Legion family takes care of our veterans and their families, our military personnel and their families. And then the rest of what we do is all about taking care of children and youth. And so in reality, when I look at the American Legion family, I look at us as taking care of our nation's families as well. So it's really about caring for one another, taking care of one another, and just being there for each other. I love that. I love that agenda. And, you know, I hate to say it, but uh, very fitting for the first female commander, must must add that. Well, thank you. Uh, we spent a lot of time uh, after 9-11 and our, our National Guard and Reservists started getting called up. And uh, when we went to deployment ceremonies and we'd say to our military personnel, they're getting ready to go on an airplane and leave to defend our nation. And we say, what can we do to make sure that you're okay on the battlefield? And they always say, take care of my family first. That's what they're concerned about. And, and that's what we do here at home is take care of the families. Well, let's talk, you know, about what you'll be doing on Veterans Day. We, we do something really spectacular at my kids' elementary school and a lot of veterans come and I see many tears in their eyes that the kids sing all of the um, songs for each branch of the military and uh, just little teeny kids that have memorized these uh, songs and they get up and they introduce themselves and say which kid they're here representing. And uh, some of them, their voices crack and they start to cry because they're so honored that these kids are honoring them. It is. It's fantastic. And I love it when when veterans are able to come into the school system. Um, Veterans have stories to tell that you will never read in a history book. And it's it's refreshing to know that veterans are welcome into the communities, uh, into the schools. And, And what I'm asking veterans across the nation, the American Legion posts across the nation, is to open their homes, their their post homes up to the community, welcome the community in so they can see exactly what it is that the American Legion does across this nation. Uh, For Veterans Day this year, I'm going to be in New York City. And um, for my evening meal, I will be with an American Legion family out in New York uh, in in their post home, having a meal with the veterans from that community. So I I really look forward to it. And, And I hope everyone across the nation can find an American Legion post to go visit and find out more about our organization. Love that. Now, I understand that you, as the first female national commander, are preparing to visit the Far East. Talk uh, in a little detail about that. 
Yes. Uh, at the end of November, we are heading over to um, South Korea, the Okinawa, and the Philippines. Um, we have American Legion posts over in all those countries, as well as we have currently serving military personnel. So on the trip, what we'll be doing is visiting with those who are currently serving and visiting with the American Legion families over there uh, just to see if there's there's things that our military personnel need or concerns that they have, uh, making sure that their families are taken care of as well, uh, and and just being there and being there and listening and um, it's helping to understand exactly what's going on uh, over there in those countries. In the spring, we go in the other direction. We'll be over in Europe uh, and, and visiting with the American Legion posts that we have over there as well and our military personnel who are currently serving. Wonderful. All right, Commander Rowan, if we want to find out more about the work that you do, where can we go? Uh, our website is legion.org. Uh, it's just that simple, just legion.org. Uh, there are all kinds of information there about what we do, our, our charities that we, we support, the work that we do in the communities, as well as if you're interested in joining the American Legion family, there's a place there that you can join us. Excellent. Thank you so much, Commander. Legion.org. Right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com.